this week's episode, there's a slurry of DC updates, we debate the devotion of millennial Sonic fans, and then finally address the key issue of Marvel's commitment phobia. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. What up gang? We are... Bloods. What? Crips. You're not in a gang. Uh... I can't think of it. <laughs> You're not in a gang. You wear too many stripes to I mean, be in a gang. Yeah, because I'm multi-gangual. That's not how <laughs> gangs work, you weirdo. I belong to everybody. Or nobody? People all over the world. Joy. It's a love gang. A love gang. We're going to get copyrighted. <laughs> Probably. We're going to get shut down. Oh, this is bound great. to happen eventually. So we read comics and stuff. Yeah, comics happened. Yes. So there's a bunch from DC this week. Um, let's see. Uh, big news is that Heroes in Crisis wrapped up. Nice. Yes. Um, so Tom King's Heroes in Crisis run finally ended. The last issue was kind of a stressful issue for people because Wally West got revealed to be the murderer in question. Um, this one, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about the ending. It felt kind of abrupt to I me. Agree. Um, I don't know if much happened. I do think it's cool because it is a crossover event where there seems to be like repercussions. repercussions. Like the people who died... At no point where they like, they're back. Yay. Or like, oh, this is an alternate world or anything like yeah, that. It was just no. like, nope, they're still this dead. This happened. Um, and Wally West is in jail now, I guess. Uh, but it really didn't otherwise feel that important. Yeah, the ending you know? didn't wow me. Yeah. It I felt, was kind of bummed. It, admittedly. I don't know. It almost felt like they read how pissed off people were and then they were like just kidding <laughs> lol not really keeping it like that ha 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 yeah i don't know and i don't know it it felt i don't know it felt weird for such an amazing eight issues to then have issue nine just sort of be like just like yeah. it was kind of fall flat yeah um i don't know in other news, DC-wise, uh, this week was our first introduction to Brian Michael Bendis' Leviathan event that Love he's going to have. Love me um, Lots going on. I'm very curious to see who Leviathan is. I haven't been reading the Superman arc like that he's been doing. Like, right. I haven't been reading his Superman run. It's really good. I've been re keeping up with that. Um, but there's a lot of moves being taken by all these people, like, behind the curtain yeah. um this like what's her name like red mist is that the like red gaseous person i think so fighting she um you know she pops up in this and is making moves leviathan is making moves leviathan has a lot of talking points and for the most part all i've seen of leviathan so far is uh these like ads for the leviathan yeah, they're event in, they're they're like every other page yeah there's like books the books, have, books will have like five ads for event leviathan and it's very like kind of jigsaw-y it's like very like you know 
you could be better. We want to make a better world. And like Barbara very... Gordon, you feel like this. Yeah, yeah. I want you to see my way. You want to play a game? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, it really and, is. Um, but then in the special, he's like really chill and cash. Like he goes oh, up against God. this like Leon woman and is like, hey, I want you to help me with, you know, that big guy. What do we do? And he's like very like, you know, like chill, like kind of got a Bill moving Murray, young Bill Murray vibe about him. <laughs> and then like Talia al Ghul kids na- kidnaps Clark and puts like a Krypton, like kryptonite vest on him huh. and not knowing that he's Superman. And then Leviathan comes in and seems to like either connect at that point or already know that Clark Kent is Superman. Huh. And his whole thing was, I want you to kidnap Clark Kent because that's like what people do wrong all the time, which I've always thought is an interesting villain thing is like, if a villain were to just not grandstand and like not really want to be known, then they do a lot better. It's why the court of owls in Batman is such a pain in the ass because they're not trying to be like, we're the court of owls. Worship me. Humans. We take over the world. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, they do shit and it happens and you're like, Whoa, Oh my God, who's responsible for this? Um, and so that's what he was trying to do is he was trying to like kidnap Clark Kent because you know, if somebody breaks into Clark Kent's and that's exactly what happens. It's like Superman goes to Lois and is like, Hey, there's people in our apartment. I think they're waiting to kidnap me. And she's like, Oh my God, go over there and do something about it. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to play along because there's a story here. I want to know why they want to kidnap Clark Kent. And so he plays along and then he gets a kryptonite vest on him huh. and it's like shit, you know, huh. but then Leviathan just lets him go and That's is like really chill again really chill about it is really like oh hey man i'm sorry sorry bro and like just lets him out you know That's so weird and then escapes so i'm really curious to see who leviathan is gonna be because i doubt it's gonna anytime in comics they do this like masked character type thing right it's got to be a person right yeah you know it's, not I mean? some like, it's unknown. never if if your introduction to them is in a mask then it's never, like, just some unknown. It might still be a newer character, but it would be, like, a newer character that, like... It still warrants a reveal. Somehow, yeah, it still warrants a reveal. So I'm curious to see where they go with that. That will be interesting. But it's worth picking up because it sets up, like I said, a lot of stuff. Um, there's a great... I had heard they were going to do a Jimmy Olsen. I think Matt Fraction's doing a Jimmy Olsen title Ooh. coming up. Um, and they have kind of, like, a little sneak peek of Jimmy being weird. Um, go figure he like gets drunk and gets married in gorilla city at like a casino what yeah and so i'm excited to see if that's like a teaser a teaser for his series and they're really i like i said i haven't been reading superman but they've really made lois lane into like a bad bitch yes like she is like like to the point where when he's planning like when leviathan's making plans you know, him and that Leon lady are like, don't go after Lois. She's not someone you want to mess with, you know. Because she's a mama bear now. Well, she don't play no games. Well, and they're like, you know, she's the daughter of one of the most dangerous men in the world and can, like, have the front page of one of the biggest media empires with the snap of her fingers. She's kind of like Cat Grant now. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I'm like, wow, they really made her, like, a BA individual. I love it. Um, So that's interesting, so I'm excited to see where that stuff goes that'll be cool awesome 
uh, continuing on the DC train, because DC had a lot of important <laughs> stuff this week. Last night on Earth came out. Uh, so that's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's, like, quote-unquote, last Batman story ever told or whatever. All right. Um, absolutely bonkers. Really? <laughs> it's so bonkers. It is so crazy. It's really good, and the art is really good, but I gotta admit, I have to be that guy. I'm a little disappointed. Really? I'm a little disappointed because it's so, you know, DC recently launched Deceased. Right. Like, which is essentially the DC version of, of Marvel, Marvel Zombies. Zombies. Right. Um, this is essentially just old man Bruce. Oh, shut up. That's all it is. It's set in a world, and spoilers obviously, but it's set in a world where the villains won. It's a little bit different. Like, there's there's a little bit of a difference there, but essentially the superheroes have been defeated. The okay. world is now in control of some sort of villainous group. Okay. And the remaining superheroes have all taken to ground to, like, hide and wait it out. Huh. And it's not particularly old man Bruce, because he's not an old man, and I won't spoil why that's the case. But it essentially, like, it starts out in one place... And then rockets you into the future. Huh. And it's like a post-apocalyptic world. It's still cool. It's got a lot of cool concepts going. It's got another one of those masked people that's going to be a reveal of kind of thing. With someone in the Bat family. It's got, you know, Wonder Woman leading a team of female superheroes she calls the Amazonians. And cool. she's got a freaking BA mohawk now. And, you know, it's got Joker's head in a jar trying to tell naughty uh naughty poems naughty limericks huh so it's it's good it's got a lot going for it there's a lot to do yeah. to it's absolutely there. bonkers too it it um it's funny because it reminds me of a netflix movie we watched recently called the perfection oh yeah where it like starts completely going one way and then goes a completely different way and then goes a completely third different way again towards the end and that's how this book felt like it started one way and then it, like, you wake up from a flash, and it's, like, this book. Like, oh, this is the direction the book's gonna go. Okay. And then you wake up again, and it's, like, oh, this is the direction it's gonna go. And I kind of hope that persists. That just keeps going. Like, I really, I would love nothing more than, it's a three-issue mini. So I'd love nothing more than, like, each issue being, like, here's something different. It's weird now. The world's <laughs> different. You know, so. Keep mixing it up. We'll see. I mean, I like post-apocalyptic stuff, especially with superheroes involved, because I like seeing kind of creative ways you can tweak supervillains right. into being, like, edgy, apocalyptic versions of themselves. Right. But it ultimately is just old man Bruce. That's pretty much all it is. DC, so, quit doing that. A little bit of a bummer. Still got Scott Snyder's style to it, and Greg Capullo's art is grand. Fair. Um, like, one of the best Joker artists, in my opinion, is Greg Capullo. Just Valid. hands down. Yeah. Like, his Joker is so, like, twisted and edgy looking. Um, good stuff. And just to finish, I know I've been ranting a lot about DC <laughs> stuff, but unfortunately... You had a DC... I, yeah, DC was huge, and it just feels weird to, like, bounce between, like, other not stuff, and fair. I don't think you read any DC stuff. I, I That was not my week. primary focus yeah. this week. Um, I originally wasn't going to talk about this, but I actually just read it, um, so I feel like it's important. Doomsday Clock 10 came out now okay. doomsday clock has been going on for like ever because they keep pushing it back right um so we're only on the 10th issue and i swear it's been going on for like 15 years <laughs> um 
and for the most part, it's been, like, cool, and the story has had some, like, cool elements, but it mainly has just felt like, you know, DC really trying to get the Watchmen in the main universe. Like, okay. Really pushing for that. Yeah. And then it's felt like, with it getting pushed back, that they just haven't found a good time yet. So they, like, they were going to do it, and then they got Bendis, and Bendis was like, I want to do a crossover event, so they were like, well, let's push it more, you know, and right. stuff like that. Um... Because more than likely, if they're going to like do a full-on induction, they're going to have some sort of big event. Because Doomsday's Clock is still kind of on the fringes. Okay. You know, we haven't seen like Dr. Manhattan in a mainstream book yet. Right. He's just been kind of over here. Um, so for the most part, it's been a good read, just very like, very much what it seems like DC meets Watchmen. Yeah. You know, head on. Um, but this issue did something crazy. And like... This is going to be spoilery, but it's not going to ruin the overall read. It essentially broke down that the multiverse, all the different Earths, the dark multiverse, all the different timelines, all that stuff. It's right. it's not actually that. What? It's not a multiverse. It's not what? alternate timelines. It's what Dr. Manhattan refers to as a metaverse. So what? basically events that happen on Earth 1 uh-huh. create these other things. And it's like a constant ebb and flow and he actually, like, the book itself is super meta. So if you've read Watchmen, you know Dr. Manhattan, like, jumps through time. Right. You can see, like, all times. it. So his narration is always, like, it's this date, this happens. Now it's this earlier date, this happens. Now it's this later date, and this happens. You know what I mean? That's yeah, his whole he's thing. Like, he's like Heimdall on time steroids. Yeah, exactly. He's like Timedall. Um, <laughs> nice. Copyright. Swish. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so in this one, he like is in 1938, which is when Superman Action Comics 1 first happened. Okay. And he's like, Superman comes onto the scene. People know about Superman. And then he's like, it's 1938. People don't know about Superman. And he essentially watches Superman land on Earth in the 30s, land on Earth in the... uh, Or like first appear in the 30s, first appear in the 50s, and then first appear in the 80s. And then, like, 2011. So, like, New 52 Superman would have landed on Earth in, like, 1986. And then 25 years later, he pops up in 2011 as Superman. So he sees that one happen. He sees 1956 Superman, which would have been the Superman, like, the after Infinite Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths, after the Crisis Superman... You know, and then he sees Golden Age Superman as well. But he sees these, like, happen, and then they stop happening as reboots happen. Oh, my God. And then he explains how he was responsible for New 52. He, like, went to when the original, like, Golden Age Green Lantern was going to become the Green Lantern and, like, moved the lantern out of his way, so he ended up dying on the train. And so, yeah. And that event is what caused New 52 because Superman never, like, joined up with the Legion of Superheroes or the Justice Society or anything like that. And so he ended up being, like, more broody and edgy, which is totally what New 52 Superman was. So he, like, busts down the fourth wall and is like, here's what happened. Holy Here are reboots happening. Here's why those reboots happened. Here's why we have all these different universes. Here's why we have all these different crises. Here's why New 52 happened. That was literally me doing it. And then, like, Wally West from before New 52 comes at him and is like, I know you're here. I know what you did. And stuff like that. 
so that's when he realizes that like because he came to this he came to this universe and was like yo stuff works weird here time is weird like how do i deal with this and he tweaks some stuff but then the universe starts like fighting back at him like wally west and then like rebirth happens so he's like oh crap in doing this i've become a villain in this like universe of hope he calls it holy crap and so it's it's super dope like it's probably my favorite issue that is out of doomsday clock insane and there's all kinds of other stuff happening in doomsday clock like joker is teamed up with like these like watchmen universe villains that are like mime and marionette themed and they're off doing god knows what batman has essentially been captured the comedian came in from Watchmen Universe and shot up a bunch of supervillains. Like oh my shot God. shot Riddler's knees off, essentially. Whoa. And then Ozymandias is out there and Rorschach is out there and they're both, I think, working with Batman or working with the Justice League trying to find Manhattan. And then among all of that, Superman has been incapped. For reasons that I honestly don't remember because it's been a long time since I've seen the last issue. And essentially sparked off an international incident with Russia. Him oh and God. him and Firestorm. So it's like there's a ton going on in this book. Oh my and then God. out of nowhere, there's an issue that deals with none of that. Talks about how Manhattan came to the DC universe and just breaks down everything you understand about the multiverse. And a lot of it was stuff that was, like, pretty easy for people who have been reading DC to grasp. Like, multiple Earths. There's 52 Earths. Yeah. And each one has different things going on. Right. And, but recently they've been like, now there's a dark universe. And recently in Justice League, like, the multiverse walls have been broken down. So now there's this, like, abyss of various other multiverse shit that could get in. Oh, my God. And now Manhattan's like, well, you know, the only reason the multiverse exists is because your Earth is weird. Yay! <laughs> it's crazy oh and i hope God. they stick to it and i imagine they will because it's jeff john's writing this bitch so like it's legit you know he's the dude like he has the control to be he like this is how our universe is now so it's one of the most exciting like event things i've read in like a long time something changed yeah something it's mattered great. it's great that's so. insane okay well, that was my DC rant. <laughs> so I didn't read really any DC this for, week. For all you fans and listeners who complain that we don't talk about enough DC, we episode twenty nine's yours. We got you covered. Get down on it. So this is episode twenty nine, right? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, twenty eight. No, last week was twenty eight. This should be uh, episode twenty nine. Then twenty nine. I lied. <laughs> we don't know. It's the 29th, So I'm con. Yes, it was the 29th. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, Shut what, up. What books did you read? So, I read two endings and a beginning. Woo. It's like four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, it sounds like a uh, like a romantic comedy. It does. Like an ABC. Like, this summer on ABC, two endings and, and a beginning. beginning. Catherine Heigl. James Marston. James Marston. Right? He's yeah. kind of... And Ewan McGregor in Two Endings and a Beginning. Beautiful. Ugh. That was so sweet. It gave me toothache. Yeah. So, <laughs> first 
ended is X-23. X-23 okay. number 12 came out. Um, it is the end of Honey Badger. <gasps> oh, no. She's okay. Oh, okay. As she says to Laura. She didn't, like, die. No. She, just, okay. she says to Laura, you've changed your name a million times. I'm going to, too. Oh, cool. So she's going to get a new moniker? Her new moniker is Scout. Oh, I like that. It's adorable. That's... And it's got, I won't spoil where she comes up with the name, but it's, like, really cute oh. and sweet. And, like, she's got That's such cool. a good heart. Like, I really hope, she is I by her... far the nicest, kindest, most, like, soulful of the clones. Yeah, well, I mean, and she's been such a fan favorite that she's popped up in, like, a ton of other X-Men stuff. She's so great. So, like, I really, because she was in X-Men Red, you know, easily could have just been, like, pushed to the side but was like a big part of x-men red yeah alongside uh x-23 and she's in one of the age of x-men titles she plays a prominent role in that so like i'm hoping when hickman takes over that we start seeing more honey badger or i guess scout now um because she's a fan favorite people dig her and it's it's cool to have a character that was introduced very recently that's actually getting like that a character like. progression, yeah. you know, and we're not just rehashing the same old yeah, yeah, yeah. tried and true. So character. this issue, I won't spoil anything else. I just will say there are X twenty three turkeys. <laughs> awesome. And it's amazing. <laughs> and there's like a mutant farm. It's just great. It's just great. Just, just read it. It's the end. It's a twelve issue. It was worth it. None of the issues are particularly long or dialogue heavy. They're just. They're just good. Mm-hmm. It's just a great read. Mm-hmm. The other one that ended for me this week was Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. That okay. was a that was five issue, yeah, 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 five issue mini by Kieran, my, my man, my broham, <laughs> one of my faves, Senor Gillen. Senor Gillen, this was the most meta, mind boggling. I don't even. I. Okay, so context, I don't have any idea about the original Peter Cannon stuff. I know nothing about it. I I went into this with no context except knowing that I love Karen Gillan, so I'll just read whatever he puts out. Mm-hmm. It started in one place where I was like, oh, this feels kind of like what happens after Watchmen ends. And by the end, it was literally like, I, I won't say explicit things, but like, kind of spoiler a dude literally gets killed by the panel separators of the comic book (laughs) that's awesome that's so cool like this dude's super power is being meta yeah is being external of the comic book gwenpool yeah but like they never say it explicitly like she makes references to like outside the comic his narrative takes place outside of the comic. It's bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like, I don't know. But it was amazing. And all this random oh. stuff happens. And, like, it's, like, out of nowhere they introduced a loving gay relationship with somebody you had no idea about. I don't know if it was from past Peter Cannon. So I don't know. That's cool. It was bizonkers. I enjoyed it. The whole fourth issue was about, like, aliens in an entirely different Earth with, like, hand-drawn stuff. It was crazy. It was so good. I, I have no I have no context for this book series, but it was great. Nice. So read it. And Pick it's it short. Up. Five issues. Five issues. Yeah, not the bad. That's nothing. 
And then the last one I'm going to talk about is a new book. It is called She Said Destroy. Um, it is kind of like a space fantasy mythology type of thing where um, the Morrigan is not the bad guy. Can hmm. you believe it? <gasps> they made a good point. I read kind of an interview by the writer who was saying, you know, everybody always makes the Morrigan, the mythological character, into the bad guy because she represents death. Mm -hmm. But death is not inherently bad. Death is something that happens to everybody. Death, you is know. Is only the beginning. I think that's is... copyrighted. Uh, I don't think so. I came up with that. I don't... Uh, it sounds familiar. I uh, came up with that in my screenplay about a rough-and-tumble American and a studious British woman fighting a mummy named Himopep. Himopep. Yep. Did you make that one up, too? Yep. Right up top of it. It sounds good, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally believable. I'm going to call it the Moomy. The Moomy. The Moomy. M-O-O? M-U-umlaut M-M-Y. Moomy. Yeah. The Moomy. The Moomy. The Moomy. I like it. Yeah. I'm in. Coming I'll watch summer that. 2029. I'll watch that. Yep. That sounds great. Uh, anyway, it's one of those books that gets you going and doesn't dawdle on circumstance. It doesn't mm. dawdle on world building. You're just there. Yeah, love that. And all of a sudden, stuff's happening. And someone's been captured. And stuff's going down. Mm -hmm. And now there's a god just chilling out, being like, hey, destroy everything. And you're like, oh, cool, cool. Okay, well, let's go do stuff. I love that, man. I love when it's not like, hey, let's ease you in. Yeah, there this. was no dawdling. You it know? was just like, hit the ground running. It's like, so. Seven to Eternity is good about that. I know I've said that like a million times. <laughs> um, it's okay. We all have our favorites. You know, even looking at like the most recent God of War game. It doesn't take a lot of time being like, let's talk about what happened with Kratos and like, no, it's just let's like, teach you about Norse mythology. It's just like, here he is. <laughs> he's in the woods. If you his, don't know why he's in the woods, you're an idiot. Yeah, hanging, why are you playing this game? Hanging out with his boy. <laughs> you know? Doing dad things. Dad stuff. But yeah, so I really like where that's going. I'm really interested to see what it does and if we do get more context because I think, mm -hmm. you know, the world's pretty cool. It's built cool. It's pretty. That's a vault comic? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's got some good shit. Yeah, I'm digging it. So, but that's what I got for this week. Nice. And now, your Cover B News with your hosts, Chris and T. News time! It is time for the news. Not the olds. The news. English is so weird. Isn't it odd? It's so weird. Um, so big news, and I'm going to start with this one because we talked about stuff related to this last week. So we mentioned how Tom King has been pulled from Batman. Batman. And it was very dramatic, and he's going to have like a mini-series where he gets to wrap up Batman Catwoman. And Catwoman. Um, well, it was just announced by Ava DuVernay, who is the director for the New Gods movie, that he is going to be, Tom King is going to be co-writing that movie with her. That's awesome. That's big. That's huge. It's also cool because he did the Mr. Miracle run, 
Yeah. Um, and Mr. Miracle is plays heavily into the new gods. Yeah. So it'll be exciting to see how that develops. I feel like Tom King is a good person to get on there because he's probably done plenty of research into oh, the history I'm of the sure. new gods. He probably knows it front to back doing his Mr. Miracle run, so. Well, and that probably, I hate to say it, but gives her some extra credit because mm. her biggest recent thing was the adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time, which was, yeah, most of you know, a, a giant stinker. flop. Mm. Giant flop. It was like one of the most expensive movies made. It had one of the biggest budget casts, and it tanked because apparently it was just not a good adaptation, mm-hmm. which is really sad because that's a great book. Alan Lingle. It was a good book. Yeah. But, um, so I'm, I'm glad that they put him on that because that'll... I, I think, think it's going to be cool. It I think, stability. um... You know, especially on the DC side, since they're having kind of a hard time finding their voice yeah. in their movies, it makes sense to get more actual comic writers involved in the screenwriting process. Right. Especially if they're going to dive into things like the New Gods, which are in, kind of weird, you know? A little complicated. It would be like Marvel doing the internals. They sh- I don't... I, I, chances are someone's going to be like, they totally did, they got this guy. But, you know... That might be a good one to get, like, an actual comic writer on. Same yeah. with back when they were doing the Inhumans, get, like, an actual, like, comic writer on it. Yeah, we saw what happened um, when they didn't. Because if you're doing these, like, particularly weird things, you need somebody whose whole, like, recent job experience has been taking these odd things. This weird making them stuff. Looking at the customers out in 2019 and being like, here, this is palatable. There you go, you know. You'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah. But that's cool. So congrats, Tom King. Get yourself some revenue. Further movie news. We have talked about this quite a bit. So it was announced that the makers of the Sonic movie were going to be reskinning him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, he, his appearance is not, as you would say, palatable yep. to a millennial audience. Disgusting, even. We're all really pissed off about it. That's that's essentially what it is. Absolutely atrocious. I grew up on this. He grew up on this. My generation. We all grew up on this, and then you present us with toddler onesie, and it's just (laughs) not okay. It's just not toddler onesie with a highly detailed Halloween mask. So they decided they were going to fix it, which is great, and we were all knee jerk, you know, yay, good job on you. And then we paused and we remembered we're also the humanitarian generation and as the humanitarian generation we were like okay great but you need to slow down because you cannot work your visual effects people to the bone trying to get this done for a november release and if they try to rush it it's gonna come out looking like sanic yeah he's gonna go first yeah it's gonna be (laughs) horrible it's gonna be a mess it's gonna collect wrongs (laughs) fight dr agman basically basically it's gonna be it's going to be a mess. Well, they came out and said, we hear you and we are pushing it back three months because they asked their visual effects people, how long would it take to get this done the right way? And they said three months. Nice. So they pushed it back three months. And here's the thing, fam. They are going to find that they are going to make an egregious amount of money off of this movie now because you listened not once but twice to your audience yeah we will turn out we we are the the like humanitarian people we care we want to be heard 
we pay for stuff with our with our our wallets like we appreciate with our wallets. We pay for things with legal tender. <laughs> no, like, what I'm saying is that, like, if you listen to us, we support you. We're, we helped establish Small Business Saturday because we want you to do good by us and we want to do good by no, you. I just, I, I don't think there's that much goodwill and loyalty left in fanship. I think if you mess it up once, it's pretty much done at that point in time. I hope... That they go back and do it, and this ends up being a like box office smash. But you know, going back and redoing it, getting three more months—that's more money. And the movie by itself, like if you took Sonic out of it, looked okay. It didn't look great, you know. It had some star power going for it, but like what we saw in the trailers didn't look like. I wasn't like blown away with how cool it looked. It looked. You know, your typical, like, family movie over-the-top acting and, like, you know, really kind of basic settings, you know, generic city setting, generic country road setting, like, so I don't know. I hope it does really well, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be a bomb because now they're shelling more money into it and it's already going to have a bad taste in people's minds and... I don't know. know. If they come out and they make the changes we wanted and they make it look the way we wanted it to look i think people will turn out because people want to be heard Mm -hmm. especially like that's the thing they're stroking the ego of the hardest to please part of the entertainment economy the internet yeah if you give them exactly what they want and you're like here i made this for you special i changed the frosting to the flavor you like just for you Reddit's gonna just, like, flood everything, and it's just gonna be, they're gonna be like, this movie sucked, but I'm gonna watch it four times, because at least you listen to me, whereas, you know, I don't know, some grumpy internet troll doesn't like Captain Marvel or something. Like, I don't know, like, at least they got listened to. True, yeah. They'll put all their Star Wars money into the Sonic basket. (laughs) We'll see. And... Three additional months from our original waiting date. We February. So in February. We'll see. Um, I don't have much details on this, but it's more movie news. So not too long ago, some rumors started floating around that Marvel was planning on introducing Deadpool into the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh. in the third Spider-Man movie. Oh. Um, okay. Following that bit of rumor, a Twitter account that recently has become kind of notable because he did a bunch of in-game spoilers. Oh. That ended up being true. Um An So insider. he might be some sort of insider. Um came out and said that they are not looking to do Deadpool. They're actually trying very hard to get Venom into the MCU, potentially put him him in the MCU by the third Spider-Man movie. Do we think it's going to be Tom? Yeah, they want to do Tom Hardy's cuz oh, Sony cool. Sony's putting all their like all their chickens in the Tom Hardy basket. You know okay. what I mean? Like they Fair. they are like Tom Hardy. Um now there's not a lot of confirmation on that. There's not a okay. lot of like full-on confirmation that that's true the guy over at sony the head over at sony has said multiple times that he really wants tom hardy and tom hardy's venom to really be their like flagship he would love to see them like work into the mcu but he doesn't want to relinquish control over the spider-man stuff right and he wants to focus a lot of energy on building like a spider-man universe outside of spider-man and he would also like marvel to be a little bit more loose about 
them loaning Spider-Man essentially to these like movies. Sony movies. Right. Kevin Viege, Kevin Feige, however you say his name. I don't honestly know. I've had everybody tell me every other way. I should probably just look up an interview with him, to be honest. <laughs> um, but he has said over on Marvel side, um, anytime he's asked about it, it's just like, I, I never say no to anything. <laughs> it's literally his, like, it, it's not a direct quote, but his, like, close to his direct quote is like, oh, I got an open mind. People are like, hey, would you ever put Dumbo in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And he's like, nah. Never say no. Consider everything. Uh, no, I, I keep all my avenues open. Would you ever put like an angry bundle of grapes brandishing a Bowie knife in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And he's like, no, no, okay, keep an open mind. <laughs> so, so there's literally no info about it. The uh, could he Sony, be more of a business? Yeah, it's funny because like on the Marvel Kevin VH side, it's very like vague keeping options open yeah and then on the sony side it's very like ah you know it's like (laughs) i I want but i don't i want it but i don't you know (laughs) so it's like it's hard to really decipher but who knows spider-man 3 is still a long ways out but maybe we'll finally get venom and the other spider-man stuff kind of worked into the mcu that would be really you give them a whole bevy of shit to work with that would be really cool yeah so along, this is my last bit of news, um, along the Marvel lines, but not movie, video game. Video games. We don't video have a games, whole games, lot of games. news about this yet, but it has been officially announced that the Square Enix Marvel title that mm-hmm. they have been working on in sequestered solution, uh, seclusion is entitled Marvel Avengers. Mm-hmm. And nice. we will be seeing... Some form of this game at E3 this cool. month. Yeah. So. In two weeks. Not next week, but the following week. Is it two weeks or three weeks? Uh, It's not this weekend. It's in the middle weekend, of the week. So it's the following weekend. It's yeah. not a weekend. It's during the week. Yeah, I mean, it starts on Sunday, quote unquote, technically. Wow. And then goes in. None of the good crap happens till Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually, I think it's next. It's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Yeah. Anyway, that should be really cool. I'm excited to see what it is. I... Yeah, I mean, they brought that up, like, two or three E3s ago, right? Like, yeah. Like, they did the, like, ambiguous, like, the shield was broken and the Iron Man mask was all broken. And then there was just nothing. Yeah. It's just, like, unknown. So, we, we literally know nothing about this. We don't know, is it open world? Is it co-op? Is it... MMORPG like we don't know what we're dealing with like it could be literally anything the only thing we know is that it's not Ultimate Alliance yeah so E3 kicks off <laughs> not this Sunday but the following Sunday with micro Microsoft and Bethesda um on Monday then it looks like Ubisoft um Square Enix so that will the, be then. then that will be on Monday, and then Nintendo is on Tuesday, and then the actual conference starts on Tuesday. So Square Enix on Monday, so we should not too far out, a yeah. little over a week. Awesome. So be I cool. am down. All right, guys. So this week we briefly mentioned this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I believe. I. 
have a key issue. Key issue. My key issue Mm -hmm. is that Marvel... So, a little backstory. Backing up. Hitting the rewind. Rewind selector. (laughs) I thought for a long time Mm -hmm. that DC didn't know what they were doing. Yep. You know what I mean? You were a hater. I was a hater. At least in the cinematic experience. I hadn't watched much of the shows mm-hmm. i knew their cartoons were banging their cartoons were always great and i had seen all the marvel movies and the marvel movies were great and some of the marvel tv you know i was i was appreciative of it i enjoyed it i enjoyed the marvel tv shield i watched forever and i've seen all of the netflix shows and then just this year we have decided to catch up on the arrowverse mm-hmm and it has dawned on me that the DC television experience is better than just about damn near anything Marvel's put out. Oh yeah, by far. And it's because while the DC Cinematic Universe, the big screen, hasn't entirely <clears throat> figured out exactly how it wants to be, it has no problem committing to some dope ass shit. Yeah. It, on um, its TV stuff. Yeah, I mean, it they're not afraid to bring in characters is yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. Um and I understand now, I judged it back in the day when they were like, yeah, the cinematic universe is going to be different from the Arrowverse. I was like, that's just confusing. But it gives them freedom because that's the I think that's the number one issue with Marvel in their TV shows is that you know, because it's supposed to exist in the same universe. If they say, like, next season of Daredevil, we're going to introduce Beetle. And then down the road, they're like, man, Beetle would be a great Spider-Man villain for the next Spider-Man movie. Oh, well, we used him. So they're, like, gun-shy to use these, like, characters. Well, you know and they're I mean? also gun-shy of using the characters once they've been established. Like, way back in the day... I was all Team Marvel because I was told that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are going to show up in the movies. Yeah. And they were going to be introduced. And we were going to get to see Daisy doing her Quake thing with the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And it was going to be all this cohesive. None of that ever happened. To be fair, the, the inclusion stuff was apparently like licensing and legal issues. It wasn't as much them being afraid. But, but they shouldn't, but if that was the case, they should have known that ahead of time. Yeah. Because then they could have just made them separate universes. Mm-hmm. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, it's if true. you're going to no. make everything in the same universe, then everything should be able to coexist. And if things aren't able to coexist, having video movie people in the, in the you know, shows and show people mm. in the movies, et cetera, et cetera, had everything co-mingled, if you're not able to do that... Make everything separate because then you don't have to be gunshot. Yeah, and I like I said, that's the biggest problem is that they are in the same universe. They've already been established to be in the same universe because back in the day they had high hopes, and so now the result is you have main antagonists that are either like brand new characters that seem to come out of nowhere and are very like bland and boring, 
and or it's like hey remember this guy from last season he's bad now part of where this comes from is the recent jessica jones teaser trailer dropped yep i love jessica jones i love the comic she is a bendis character she is fantastic i thought alias was amazing i thought the first season of jessica jones was amazing second season was not as amazing why they made up a character for the villain her mom yeah who has no relevance anywhere is now the villain and, and in, she in doing so they took away literally every character development point that jessica had in season one yeah and because they had to focus and develop so much on this random character villain they had to like abuse and violate the character development of Trish because she couldn't be Hellcat yet. Mm -hmm. It wasn't time yet. We gotta wait on it. Maybe if we wait a little longer, then they'll be able to put everybody in the movies. But they're still not able to put everybody in the movies. And we still yeah. don't have Hellcat for some damn reason. Mm -hmm. And all of this other stuff didn't make any damn sense. Well, now all the Netflix stuff's falling apart anyway. Yeah, and now it's all gone. I mean, and that's, that's the hope, is like, hopefully... Now that Marvel is getting all their things together, licensing ducks, you know in a row. they're they've got stuff coming out on Hulu, but they seem to be hella in control of that, and a lot of the stuff they're putting out on Hulu seems to be stuff that can exist in its own space. Yeah, and then they've got stuff coming out on Disney Plus, so hopefully we'll see a lot more inclusion, a lot more use of actual characters and like real named bad guys and like bad guys that aren't rushed or just like super sea level or just like oh hey agent colson's bad now or uh which you know first episode of the new season of shield that's what we got is like other world other universe colson is the bad guy yeah so they're playing on the multiverse stuff that's obviously going to come into play in <clears throat> far from home but it's just colson you know and it's Still just call they're calling him Sarge, I think, is what they're calling him. So Which again just emphasizes how in Agents of Shield almost every season has been some rehash of the mm -hmm. same villain. We had Ward as the villain, what, three different seasons? Three seasons or something. He died! Yep. Like twice! And yep. he just keeps coming back as somebody different, but still Ward. Yep. I don't care anymore. Yep. And like last season. It was Cree for the first bit, and then literally, like, memories. So, like, just bringing back, like, bad people. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> you know? And then, and they had, and they, they had, had, like, visions Colonel, and stuff. right? He yeah. was a bad guy, too. Yeah, Talbot. Because you gotta reuse whoever yeah. you got on hand. And, like, Let's not get, you know the Gravitron guy who was literally in an episode in like the first season and got sucked into like the Gravitonium. Let's make Talbot that guy. Just, <laughs> you know? It makes no sense. Like my issue with the TV shows is that because they're so gun shy to utilize any character at all whatsoever, they just make characters up or they reuse characters who are already there and just retweak them. But none, they're also too afraid to like create 
substantially new characters mm-hmm. that people might get attached to and then want in the comics the, the, because then they have to develop them in the comics and they don't want to be forced into doing that. The closest they got recently was in Punisher Season 2 with the, like, preacher guy. Yeah. But that season was so bogged down with the stupid Billy drama. Yeah. Billy, who was a bad guy in Season 1. Yep. And now came back as a bad guy again just with a few cuts on his face. That was the most bullshit villain I've ever yeah. seen. And he took up way more. If they had spent the whole thing on developing this like new preacher character, making him the main focus, he would have been so maniacal and badass. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, talking about success is one of the best seasons, in my opinion. Well, one of the best shows on Netflix for the Marvel shows is Daredevil. Because just about every time they're introducing a real character an actual you know, marvel season villain. one you got uh season one was kingpin right yeah season, season one, one you got kingpin. kingpin season two you got electra introduced yeah season three you've got bullseye you know yeah so it's like actual characters doing yeah. actual things but from then, the comics. you know we've got iron fist had like anonymous corporate stuff and undead foster dad and <laughs> iron fist 2 yeah had the what's his name the silver serpent right right which is a real iron fist bad guy but i don't know and then they tried to do they tried to do like typhoid mary sort or of. no um yeah yeah typhoid mary yeah but she but never got to be typhoid mary she never went they yeah, made her like they like kind of neutered sucked her. out all her psychic powers and just made her like some assassin with DID and you know the defenders miniseries the hand again you know yep. Jessica Jones you had purple man great purple season man one was great season two mom thing that was garbage and mental purple man yeah. um Luke Cage season one you had Cottonmouth was great was amazing and then they whatever reason decided to go with Diamondback which was garbage. Yeah, he just wasn't you know? as strong. So, like, it's funny because they'll commit to these good ones, but then they're like, no, we need something more because it's a, oh, we finally used this, like, C-level character, so let's use two C-level characters instead, you know? But then they don't do one of them right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I actually really liked the guy from Luke Cage Season 2. I know he was kind of another C-level character. Yeah bushmaster right yeah but he was badass they did a really good job with him they did do so. a really good job with him. and he's an actual he actually, character actual character actually had superpowers yeah you know he I mean? was like his comic it wasn't book like variation diamondback like... in a weird like padded suit you know what i mean it was like he or actually zombie diamondback you know what i'm saying like it could have yeah been. yeah it could have been like zombie diamondback but that's what I'm saying. It's like Diamondback, the only time he became close to his comic iteration was when he put on this like weird padded suit. That was stupid. And it was like, I'm a snake now. And it's like, if you're going to no. introduce all these snake people, make them snake people. <laughs> if you're not going to make them snake people, make them menacing and intense and multi-leveled like Cottonmouth was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cottonmouth was badass. He had so many levels, so many like different stages to him. It was great. I don't know, man. I think on all of Luke Cage, I still think the best villain was Maria. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> she had the best development. I wouldn't even say she's a villain, to be honest. She's just kind of like a side antagonist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, but I don't know. And this is the funny thing is, is Marvel's fear to commit doesn't just extend here. You know what I mean? Like that's it, true. It really doesn't. Like you know, their reiteration of Baron Zemo was interesting, but you know, you took one of the like most dogmatic dangerous captain america villains and you made him just like an angry terrorist yeah you know and then in the comics like going back to like i mentioned i think last week maybe the week before i think it was last week after megacon um to my source that was in the like donny cates right symposium or whatever um drinking wine and you know eating grapes with donny cates um (laughs) apparently he mentioned how even like the writers and stuff at marvel are getting kind of pissed off that all their crossover events result in nothing just end with everything like dusted and supposedly war of the realms is another it's gonna end and just like Uh... and a few of the guys that were on that panel were like donny cates and a few of the other guys were actively pissed about it because they're like dude this is a war of the realms how is it just gonna end and be done and the reason he mentioned that is because he's got absolute carnage coming up. Yeah. And supposedly absolute carnage is going to shake shit up. That would like, be Like, apparently awesome. he's like, yeah, you know, they signed me on, they gave me full ride to do it, and I'm going to mess some shit up. You know, and it's dangerous to do that. I get it, Marvel. It's dangerous. You might end up with what DC had with Alan Moore and end up with a Barbara Gordon in a chair. You know That's what I mean? True. Like, you might end up with an Oracle. But, you know it's better than nothing (laughs) it's better than being constantly gun shy and having just like bland villains bland characters bland stories and you know what introducing oracle may have pissed off a whole lot of people but there was a whole other subset of people who got into comics because of her and um yeah and and that's how you do that you know and just looping back to the start of this conversation when you look at like the arrowverse like most episodes introduce a new supervillain. Yep. And sometimes they're B-level supervillains. Sometimes it's like Captain Cold, who has been a long-running character on the shows. And, you know, you have the big bads, obviously, like Zoom and, uh, you know, Deathstroke and stuff like that. But then you have all these other, like, little, like, Cupid and Music Maestro and stuff like that that are real characters actual characters friggin mixes pitlick came in on supergirl which was the most exciting moment of my life one freaking episode that's worth it. it you know worth it and you know you've got luther's lex luther was on the most recent season you know you've got yeah. nina luther and so it's just you know you look at those shows and they're just everywhere is like recognizable characters recognizable story arcs like they introduced earth x <laughs> They introduce, like, it's, the big talk is that the next season is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths, and that's how they're going to restructure their TV shows. Oh, wow. With, like, Arrow ending. So they're going to, like, do a crisis, and then come out with, like, Superman and Batwoman and all these other shows. Oh, dang, dude. Um, and it gives them the freedom to do that. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. They can look at the bevy of, like, big events that have happened, and be like, that one works yoink and take it and do it and be done with it and what's great is because they established so early on hey there's multiple earths there's multiple dimensions there's all this stuff going on (laughs) technically the cinematic universe and the television universe can coincide true yeah it could be a different world yeah it could be an entirely different world 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing to say that, you know, they couldn't just vibe over to the cinematic yeah. universe. Well, and at the same hang time, out with you know, DC has a bunch of other universes that they're building. Because they have Doom Patrol going on, which no word on what universe that exists in or if it's just its own thing. Titans is happening that doesn't exist in any other universe. Gotham happened, didn't exist in any other universe. Has a prequel coming up, the whole Alfred thing. Swamp Thing is happening, doesn't know if it exists in any other universe. They've got the animated Harley thing, the animated Deathstroke thing. And the cool thing about those is any of those can take any big event in DC history and do it. That's free storytelling that you have. You can make it your own to fit the tone of the show, even if someone else did it. Yeah. You know? So, like, if Earth-X popped up on the Arrowverse, doesn't mean you can't do some sort of Earth-X something in Titans or something like that. Yeah. You know? Like, if Swamp Thing pops up on the Arrowverse, he doesn't have to be the same Swamp Thing from over here. If the Titans pop up in Batwoman, they don't have to be the same Titans from over here, you know? And you just have all this freedom of giving... It makes it easier for you to work with fans, too, because fans of, like, darker, edgier Titans that are sometimes in the books will like this show. If there are fans of, like, the more light, happy Teen Titans-type Titans... You could put them on this show. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, if people like Dick Grayson Robin, he can be over here. If they like Tim Drake Robin, they can get out. If they like Damien Robin, <laughs> you can be over here. Jason Todd Robin can be over here, you know? There's a really cool little bit in Heroes in Crisis this time with the Robins. Yeah, I loved it. That was great. And Damien's just like, I'm great. <laughs> All the other Robins are like... Who the hell am I? Yeah, all the other Robins are better than me and serve more purposes than I do. And then it ends with Damien just being like, I'm awesome. What did the others say? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Damien. Damien's my favorite Robin, personally. I love Damien. That's great. Like, I love Dick. There's a soundbite for you. (laughs) (laughs) This just in, folks. Chris loves Dick. Um, But Damien is just great. I love Damien. Yeah, I agree. No, I... It's... Super messed up that Marvel can't just get their shit together and commit to things. And I think it I think it ultimately hurt the viewership of their shows. Because you can make a good show, but if the fans don't get something out of it, it then doesn't it's, work. If it's going to be an adaptation. You've gotta have the buy-in of the original lovers. Then you need to adapt something. Yeah. Now if you come out and you're like, hey, we're gonna do a Daredevil shoot show, it's gonna be all new stories, all new characters, there might be some people stuff pulled in that you recognize but it's going to be all new stuff then you just have to come out with that and, and say, people will buy into it if they know what they're getting into if but if i'm going into. into a show expecting it to be like the comics yeah. and it has nothing to do with the comics i'm going to be pissed and to be fair daredevil was the exception, exception. of the role really but you know jessica jones season two if they needed an antagonist could have pulled any like b-level fantastic four character any b-level spider-man character Granted, the rights of those might be kind of up in the air. Any, like, B-level Avengers character or Defenders character, it didn't have to just be, like, we ain't got nobody, make it their mom, you know? Yeah. Like. Yeah, no, absolutely. And DC, I'm sorry. I I didn't understand when you were putting all of these different things into different universes. I didn't get it. I thought it made it confusing. I thought it made it wasteful. I thought it, you know, abused your resources, but I was wrong. I see where you're coming from now. (laughs) And it gives you the ability to completely 
fuck up your cinematic universe like you did for a really long time. I did not like BVS. I hated it. I didn't like it. I hated it. There, I said it. <laughs> and still have TV and other TV that just kicks ass. Yep. And it's not affected. Well, and I think, I think DC's getting a handle on their cinematics. They absolutely now. are. Wonder Woman is great. Shazam was they great. Focused, they focused way too hard <laughs> with front-loading as many, like, big big name characters as they could. You know what I mean? They didn't stop to think, like, wow, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was essentially launched on the backs of Ironmonger. Gives a shit about Ironmonger. <laughs> like, no one cares. Obadiah has not popped up in the comics in God knows how long. Like, but that was the first villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Freaking Ironmonger. Yeah. And then, yeah, it went on to be, like, Loki and the Destroyer in, in Thor, you know, yeah. and then Captain America had the Red Skull. But it's, like, I feel like they tried so hard to be, like, first movie, Superman, Zod, big Boom. title, Clash. Second movie, Batman, Superman, Lex Luthor, Doomsday. Get it. Next movie, every freaking Justice League person and introducing Darkseid mythos. Yeah. And they tried to do that in three movies. It was exhausting. You know, yeah, they had Wonder Woman in there, but Wonder Woman was kind of its own thing, you know? You mean good? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Um, You know, and it was Wonder Woman Ares. But like... It still works. I can take that. Yeah. But it, um... Yeah, I feel like that was their main problem is they just tried to... You know, they tried to win a like cross-country race doing a hundred meter dash yeah you know they were like we gotta freaking get there and it hurt them so i think now that they you know they saw why wonder woman worked they saw why aquaman worked they saw why shazam worked you know they're they're starting to get it yeah i mean shazam's main bad guy was what's his name dr shivago or whatever Dr. Shivago, you know, the Russian person during the Cold War. I watched that movie Soviet backwards. Russia. Yeah. But, yes, I agree. I think they're starting to figure it out, and I think they've realized that in order to be successful, their movies don't have to be weird Snyder extensions of the Nolanverse. Mm-hmm. I agree. Stop trying to shoehorn things in the Nolanverse. It's over. It's over move on so that's gonna do it for us let us know uh on facebook twitter whatever what you think about the key issue what your opinions are on marvel's inability to commit to big story arcs and big characters outside of the cinematic universe yes let us know and you can follow us on social media facebook twitter You can find our movies. website, coverbpodcast.com, yep. and you can get some sweet merch. We have lots of merch. You can see what our current comic books are that we're reading. Current comic picks, I believe I've updated. If I haven't, I'll yep. fix it. We, we try to keep on top of it, but we're busy. I got um, stuff to do, you guys. So many, so many chainsaws in the air right now. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can find us on Instagram as well. We each have an Instagram that we keep up with regularly. I technically up too. Too. So check us out. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know if you have any ideas of a third segment in a couple of weeks here. Next week, we probably won't have a third segment because we'll be doing um, 
real extra. Yeah? The Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. So we'll have a very somber real extra next week. It's not going to be somber. It's going to be me yelling into the microphone for 30 minutes. And then (laughs) the following week, we're going to be introducing a new segment. We haven't titled it yet. I think it's going to be called like graphic content or something. Just to give you a little tease. So look out for that. And as always, we will see you guys next week. On the flip side. For more cover B. More cover B. Bye, guys. guys. Love you guys.